If Christ is in the middle, things are different. Life is a marvelous gift if Christ is in the middle. Without him, it quickly deteriorates, even descends. Life has a marvelous purpose, even an eternal one, if Christ is in the middle. Without him, you have no real reason to live other than the satisfaction of your own desires, according to academia's evolutionists. Life is full of the promises of God if Christ is in the middle. Without him, the promises are all negative. Life will bear marvelous fruit that will last forever if Christ is in the middle. Without him, man's fruit is less than vanity, even negative numbers, minus one, minus two, and down. Life is full of glorious, loving companionship that transcends the grave itself if Christ is in the middle. Without him, even the best relationships are only temporal and often hateful or harmful. If having Christ in the middle offers all these magnificent benefits, and it's true, shouldn't I have him in the center of my circumstances, in the middle of my everyday living? This Christ-centric journey begins at the place Jesus calls born again, where one is born a second time in a most literal way, this time born of the Spirit of God. At this place, a soul believes upon the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, repenting of and vacating his sinful deeds, and following this glorious Redeemer on unto eternal life. Have you been born a second time? Will today be your day of salvation where all your sin and shame is washed away and where all, and I mean all, of Satan's bondages are broken? Possibly you've prayed this prayer before and then slipped back into sin. Turn back now while you still have time and God's hand is still extended to you. Keep in mind, this is a limited time offer. Every day you reject Christ's offer of reconciliation, you will become more hardened in your ways until you are finally cut off without remedy. Proverbs 29.1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his, heart, his neck excuse me, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Dear visitor, don't let that happen to you. Today is your day of salvation. Take the following prompt right now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the glorious kingdom of God. Put Christ Jesus in the middle. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis six twelve through 17, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 7-12, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, 
Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God said, Second Timothy 3, verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. God said, Matthew 24, 37 through 39, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man said, What I do is none of your business. What I do with my life doesn't affect you, so keep your Bible thumping to yourself. Now the record. Mother Eve was of a similar mindset as what carnal man said above, except next week the carnal man will likely overdose on drugs, end up in the emergency room and go on to rehab, but he's broke, so the community at large will foot the bill. He is a free love man and will copulate whenever possible with men, women, and animals, spreading STDs around the globe, then they end up in the hospital emergency room. Did I mention that they're broke? So the community at large ends up paying the bill for all this freedom. There is no such thing as a victimless crime. There is a cause and effect in all of life in which we must all participate. The cause of all evil upon the earth began its evolution unto the lake of fire and eternal damnation with one piece of forbidden fruit. MTDNA Eve, Grandmother Eve, chose to believe Satan's words over God's word, and in an act of unbelief and disobedience, she ate of the forbidden fruit. Why chromosome Adam, grandfather Adam, followed her lead, and they opened the door for the law of sin and death to enter. The seed of unbelief, followed by its particular disobedience, which grew and grows unto a soon-coming judgment and to the rebellious man's confrontation with the fierceness of God's wrath. A few needed excerpts from the God Said, Man Said feature the deceivableness of unrighteousness and 6,000 years follow. The Bible defines the very, very last days and its global spiritual mindset and what will be its underpinning. This deadly mindset will be built on what Second Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12 calls the deceivableness of unrighteousness. Abraham, known in God's holy Bible as the father of faith, believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness is the process of living and doing right as a result of faith. Unrighteousness, obviously, is the 180, living and doing that which is wrong because of unbelief. The deceivableness of unrighteousness, unbelief, is well-rooted in the carnal heart. It comes with your original equipment. 
Eve, the mother of all living, in an act of unbelief and disobedience, embraced Satan's words. Adam followed her lead, and both of them died spiritually that very day. Like themselves, they sold their offspring into the satanic camp of unbelief, and they and all their progeny are dead in trespasses and sins. It is like mother, like daughter, like father, like son. The only way of escape from man's deadly inheritance is the place Jesus Christ calls born again, John chapter 3, verse 3. Here, where we repent of our unrighteousness and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, we die to our old selves and become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now, we are no longer sons and daughters of Adam, bound by the deceivableness of unrighteousness, but in fact, sons and daughters of God, where righteousness, active faith, reigns. The accumulated weight of unbelief, overt and subliminal, must be answered in the heart of the saved. There must be a pushback, an utter rejection, a refutation, and a dismantling of the deceivableness of unrighteousness. For the mountain to move, the absolutes of God's promises must be absolutely absolute. Why do so many who call themselves Christians run from the idea of biblical inerrancy and its marvelous precepts and accounts such as a 6,000-year-old earth? After 6,000 years of skepticism, have the world's wise men proven the Bible in error? Have they proven the Bible in error in its account of the creation of the earth and its universe? Have they debunked Adam and his ribbed wife Eve? Have they refuted Noah's Ark, Abraham and Isaac, Sodom and Gomorrah, Moses and the Red Sea, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, Samson and Deliah, David and Goliath, and so much more? Have the carnal skeptics disproven the virgin-born Jesus Christ and his miracle ministry or his crucifixion between two thieves and his resurrection? Have they disproven the Christian ministry given unto the childlike of preaching the gospel and healing the sick, or the powerful ability to cast out devils and to speak with new tongues? Have they discredited the marvelous prophecies of the Word of God? The answers are so many resounding no's. Maximum evil is developing, and when it comes to a fool, the terrifying judgment of God will come. Second Timothy 3.13 speaks of the last days, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. These are truly the last days, and the deceivableness of unrighteousness is waxing worse and worse. Noah is back in the news, decked out in the deceivableness of unrighteousness. Why do the ungodly resist Noah's ark so vehemently? So many things, billions, even innumerable shout absolutely yes to the miraculous story of Noah's Ark. The mountain of evidence continues to grow, yet skeptics and vociferous challengers still manage to cling on. Paleontology says yes, archaeology says yes, geology says yes, nearly 500 ancient societal records say yes, fish, moss, fish fossils excuse me, on every mountain peak say yes. Flood strata covering 75% of the earth says yes. Billions of fossils buried by water actions say yes. Dinosaurs, yes. Soft tissue and dinosaur bones, yes. The Grand Canyon says yes. The reemergence of global catastrophism says yes. All yes. 
Carnal academia must resist Noah at all cost. For if they yield to the amazing accumulation of evidence that certifies Noah, they will have lost all their ungodly educations, their ungodly careers, their ungodly universities, their ungodly textbooks, videos, publications, and theories of evolution will all be gone. Then it would be, how do I pay the mortgage? How do I become gainfully employed, producing something of real value? If Noah is true, and he is, they are in a heap of trouble, heaps upon heaps. But it doesn't end there. Now something else sets in, a soon-coming judgment day when the God of Noah sits upon his throne and all men stand before him to give an account of their deeds and how they have handled the issue of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is more than the ungodly can endure. They must resist. The January 18, 2019 headline in the publication The Week reads, Earth's Missing Chapter. The feature follows in its entirety. An international team of scientists thinks it has solved one of geology's great mysteries, what happened to a massive missing layer of Earth's crust. The great unconformity, a gap in the geological record of anywhere from 250 million years to 1.2 billion years, can be observed at the Grand Canyon, where the rocky layers offer a window into Earth's history. One strata is made up of sedimentary rocks from the Cambrian period, which started some 540 million years ago, and below is a layer of crystalline rock that formed about one billion years ago. The new studies suggest the missing layer or layers vanished during a hypothesized period known as Snowball Earth, when most of the planet was covered in ice, reports NationalGeographic.com. Researchers believe that roaming glaciers ground up a three-mile-deep layer of the crust. Using a chemical analysis of ancient zircons, hardy minerals that lock in the geochemical conditions of their environment during formation, the scientists concluded the resulting sediment was dumped into the oceans and then sucked into Earth's mantle by moving tectonic plates. The Earth does a really good job at erasing the tracks of its past, says study co-author Bill Botke of the Southwest Research Institute in Boulder, end of quote. Of course, the ice that they claim covered most of the Earth, eroding three miles of the Earth's crust, was in truth ice in its liquid form, commonly known as water, that covered the entire Earth in the days of Noah less than 5,000 years ago, not one billion. Note in the story the focus on zircons. Nuclear physicist Dr. Vernon Cups wrote a feature in the January 2019 issue of Action Facts under the heading, Helium Retention in Zircons Demonstrate a Young Earth. Several excerpts follow. Zircon crystals form from magma. When they cool, they trap uranium, which gives off helium as it decays. Scientists routinely use the zircons in rocks to assign ages to them via various radioisotope dating methods. The radioisotopes and the age of the Earth rate team studied helium in rock samples dated by secular scientists as over 1 billion years old. The rate helium in uh, retention measurements showed the rocks to be only thousands of years old. 
powerful evidence for recent creation. Zircons are tiny crystals of zirconium silicate that originate in igneous rock, which forms when volcanic magma cools. It's a very stable mineral that melts at 2,550 degrees centigrade. Zircon is harder than quartz and almost as hard as diamond. Because of these characteristics, zircon is the mineral most frequently used in various radioisotope dating methods for dating rocks assumed to be at least a few hundred million years old. Its ability to retain impurities within its crystal lattice is very important in establishing the validity of these dating methods. Clearly, there is a considerable and irreconcilable difference between the two models. The creationist model agrees remarkably well with the actual data. The uniformitarian, the evolutionist model, predicts diffusities uh, more than 100,000 times lower than the actual data show. The data predict that within the uniformitarian model, all zircon samples would retain much less helium than is observed. Rearranging the diffusion equation for the creation model, one obtains an approximate age for the G2 borehold rock of 5,680 plus or minus 2,000 years as compared to the assumed 1.5 billion year age in the uniformitarian model. The rate team concluded that although, although approximately 1.5 billion years of UTH decay at Today's decay rates occurred within the G2 borehold rock. Helium generated by that decay had only been escaping for about 5,700 years, which is why large amounts of helium were still present in the zircons. This discrepancy can be resolved if there was a time in the past in which nuclear decay rates were much higher. This is strong observational evidence that at some time in the past, accelerated nuclear decay did occur. Obviously, these findings set the secular science community into a community, excuse me, into a frenzy, so much so that all types of objections to the experimental data and its interpretation have arisen. These questions and objections have been more than adequately answered by the authors of this investigation. Ultimately, it comes down to which version of history one believes. Do you prefer the naturalistic view of history or the extremely clear biblical narrative? The rate zircon helium measurements showing only thousands of years provide a powerful evidence for recent creation. End of quote. Does 100,000 times upside down cycle, uh, sound to you like an exaggeration? When the volcano at Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, the area's topography changed dramatically. When newly formed rock was sent for radiometric dating, the rock, actually only 10 years old, was dated using the potassium-argon clock. The 10-year-old rock dated to 350,000 years old, and minerals within it dated at up to 2.4 million years old. The catastrophe occurred in 1980, Samples were collected from a lava flow that occurred in 1986. Those same samples were tested in 1996. Imagine, their dating is up to 240,000 times in verified error. Everywhere you look upon this earth, you'll find Noah. But carnal man must find another way. Jesus Christ absolutely cannot be in the middle 
But unfortunately for them, and eternally fortunately for the born again, he is. For over 6,000 years, Satan has paraded his champions before the sons of men, champions who stand to challenge God's holy book, but they have fallen time after miserable time. Be of good cheer, child of God. They will not succeed tomorrow. Push back against the deceivableness of unrighteousness. God said, Genesis six twelve through 17, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth, shall die. God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Timothy 3.13 but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. God said, Matthew twenty four thirty seven through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man said, What I do is none of your business. What I do with my life doesn't affect you, so keep your Bible thumping to yourself. Now you have the record.